0: Hello, and welcome to Better Under Pressure. I'm Sarah Milne-Rowe, author of The Shed Method and founder of Coaching Impact. And in this podcast, I talk to leaders from all walks of life about being better under pressure and using pressure for better. I want to explore how we handle pressure in a world that is becoming more and more complex, the impact that that pressure has on our ability to perform at our best, and what we do to be better under pressure.
1: When you share a bit more of you, it just gives people permission to do the same, particularly once you're a senior leader in an organization, because people are people at the end of the day, Sarah. And the more you allow people to bring that whole self into work, it allows you to understand better what people are going through and then adapt. And that builds trust and allows you to also kind of step into high performance in a a trusted way. It's a balance, but I feel the corporate world is changing significantly in this regard. And I think we as leaders need to lead by example.
0: Today, I'm talking to Siga Segoradote, who's been a pioneer in customer-led digital transformation and innovation throughout the global financial services industry for 20 years. She champions partnering with startups, fintechs, and digital players worldwide to deliver outstanding experiences for consumers. She spent 14 years leading digital transformation and change for American Express, working in four different continents. She then spent four years as Santander UK's Chief Customer and Innovation Officer, moving the organisation to greater customer focus and innovative delivery methods. That was followed by three years as Chief Customer Officer at Tesco Bank, improving the NPS significantly and driving profitable growth of the lending business. She has just joined Experian as MD of the Consumer Business for the UK. Sigga sits on the Women in Fintech Power List on the board of both Auto Trader Group PLC and Frumtac Ventures. Known for her passion for innovative leadership and for diversity and inclusion, Sigga's been named in Marketing Week's Top 50 Customer Experience Professionals, recognised by Empower as a Top Ethnic Minority Advocate and acknowledged by the FT and Heros as a Champion for Women in Business. In our conversation today, Sigur shares when her tendency to shield others from pressure became a problem, why she chose to step away from her job for six months and the impact of what she wrote on a piece of paper back in her twenties. Sigur, thank you so much for joining me on Better Under Pressure.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I'm really delighted to be here.
0: Well, I'm very excited that you're here, to be honest. And Siga, can you do you remember when you first felt pressure?
1: i think um from an early age i probably felt pressure um and it wasn't it was very self-inflicted um i grew up in a very loving um family my, my parents actually never put any pressure on me there was never you, know, you have to kind of get to a, get to a certain grade or do perform in this this certain way um and i grew up in that like my parents are very, very young parents so i i guess i was um and, and my siblings are know my sister is a year younger and my brother is a year and a half older so we're very close in age, and i think there's a bit of that competition Mm. and and in me and myself that kind of really need to to perform so i guess where i felt felt pressure was just through school in terms of exams i played the violin and and performing has always been a bit of a pressure point for me so playing the violin in a concert i remember feeling those kind of tingly feelings um you know when, when you go you know right before you go on stage and you perform so that's probably like, you know, there isn't that particular time, but I think uh, from very early stage, I, I felt pressure.
0: But it also sounds like you knew, you recognised it and knew it was part of the dealer performance. That's what I'm yes. hearing just from that example. Yes. It didn't Absolutely. seem like it phased you that much when you were younger. Would that be right?
1: That's completely correct. I mean, I, I was in school plays, you know, and, and, and had you know I had to deliver my part. There was always that little bit of that kind of, you know, pre anxiety before going on stage. But um, yeah, I don't think it, it didn't create any kind of, you know, sleepless nights at that no. age.
0: Do you know what Sigrid? I never knew you played the violin. That's, that's. Uh, I've known you for a while and worked with you for a while. I never knew you played the violin, that's fascinating. Brilliant. So, so has pressure always been a force for good for you in terms of sort of pushing you to, to something that you didn't feel you could achieve or, or not?
1: I think in the main, yes, I think kind of, and I actually firmly believe kind of pressure is a positive force for driving high performance, but you have to have the right conditions around you to turn that into positive energy. I think kind of throughout my career, I probably felt a couple of times where there was more of a kind of that negative energy around pressure that then created maybe not the conditions um, for success.
0: Okay, and when, and when you recognize that it's n- negative, what, what happens to you? How do you recognize um, that it's turned from yeah, positive you know, to something um, that's like, more debilitating?
1: Yeah, I can give an example. I mean, I, I had a couple of leaders that were very polar opposite, um, that, that I worked for at the same time. And they had very polar opposite views of what success looked like. And um, aligning those views and feeling kind of, kind of being set up for success, wasn't there and what that did for me in, the, in that moment was um, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of like mm, I'm not sure I got this under control and, 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 and probably you know a few sleepless nights to be honest and then needing to take that step back and really think about okay how do I how do I turn this into something that I can manage.
0: Yes and when you're dealing with two bosses that are polar opposites in hindsight, Sigur, let's just dive in yeah. here right now. Yes. What, what, what would be your key lessons from managing that? Because I think that that can be, if even if it's not two bosses, it can be two very different people or two different stakeholders that really matter to you and, and the success of your team. What would be your advice stepping away from it now or looking back on it?
1: A couple of things. I think, first of all, kind of have that conversation up front and just bring everyone together and just go, like, look, here is what I'm seeing, here's what I'm hearing. It's not working for me. And just kind of outlining that up front and being much more upfront and, and facing into it. The other yeah. thing that I did that which I thought think was not helpful was I, I tended to shield my team from that because it was these kind of ongoing pressure points. And that was probably not helpful for the team either. I probably should have just kind of been much more open, had that conversation, and just brought that to a bear much earlier on.
0: Yeah, and by shielding them. What did you see happen?
1: I think there's a little bit of it creates, um, you know, the the reason why I did it was, look, look, I need to just let them get on, not get them into the politics of what's going on here and, and allow them to be at their best in terms of just delivering and removing barriers and focus on what matters from a business and customer perspective. But I think what it did, though, is it there's probably it created a bit of lack of trust they were not fully in the know and that's not helpful
0: yeah yeah so did you do you did you recognize pressure building for them then in a different way
1: exactly exactly because the, the the direction wasn't as clear as it could have been because the the views that were coming through in terms of we need to do this but then we need to do that and and so it was just happy, you know stepping in and having that open and honest conversation and 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 letting them be part of the solution which I kind of is how I am generally in the way that I operate mm. with my team for you, just in your own
0: way that you managed yourself in that situation, when were you at your best with that pressure, and when did it really not feel like you could continue or at least be your best
1: <clears throat> I think when I was at my best was um. I think just taking that step back and and really taking care of myself as well. Really, you know, and and I was working with you at the time, Sarah. And it was really helpful in terms of thinking through the sleep, hydration, diet, um, exercise. Like, how how do I just make sure that I'm, you know, um, focused on myself? And and I think there's something for me. Look, I've had some life events that have created far greater pressure. It's also helped to put things into perspective. So it's like it's not life and death. It's just things that i need to work through so it's kind of, a, kind of allowing myself to just um not put it all on my shoulders and be able to i'm husbands I'm husband's an amazing kind of a force for good and through, throughout my kind of career and life and he's all he's all, he's been there for me in those in those moments um so i think just having that conversation and 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 i'm a am a am um a, I guess just naturally a glass half full person positive mm. energy, just being able to laugh did not take it too seriously. I think that just helped me helped me kind of step into it and and getting some good advice, getting some good advice on okay how do i how do I deal with this situation where it didn't kind of feel that good was maybe when I felt a bit out of control like there the, the wasn't even though I felt I had alignment, the alignment wasn't there, and then then it it just showed up in you know mainly in that kind of senior leadership meetings and it just felt like I didn't have it fully um under control if if that makes sense yeah and, and if we
0: went into your condition of success I mean you mentioned sort of the basic fuel things but what what would you say that you that you use on a regular basis Zika and we'll get into I mean I know that you've had some very personal challenges which I think would be helpful actually to share but if you had to sort of almost put your money against one thing that actually you would hold on to in terms of a condition for success for you to be better under pressure. What what would it be? I think it's to
1: do with this feeling being in control. And that mm-hmm. is, and also like being in control and that's just preparation. Preparation, really understanding, kind of um, be having done the homework, really important. And then from a personal perspective, it's just... Um, Taking time out and that could be during the day, just go for a walk. And nature is really important to me, and I live in Mesville Hills so being able to just take a walk around the woods gives me just that kind of, I guess, um, release. Um, mm. Breathing, breathing is really important, and just, I mean, and I, you know, and I, on a separate note, one of the kind of things that I've throughout my career I've had to kind of tackle is public speaking, and um, so thinking through, okay, what are the things that help me when I kind of go on stage in terms of public speaking? Because it is always a bit of a tingle before. And and how do do I kind of manage through that? And it is just focusing on the mind, taking a power pose and, um, you know, stepping into it. Yeah. Can you think of one very, any specific
0: example where you really felt the pressure rise? Yes, there is a, there's
1: actually a, Great example, and I think it was it was a ta- the time when we were starting to work together, Sarah. I had a, a major presentation at a, at an event, um, which is the biggest fintech event um, in Europe called Money 2020. And and again, me needing to be feeling in control and being really prepared, I kind of prepped the presentation, and I, and I was ready to go the, the fly fly out in the evening and um, presentation happening the following day. When um, I get called in by um, the CEO and kind of with with a view that we can't really be sharing some of the stuff um, at this point in time, things have changed. can't be sharing some of the detail that you've got in there. So it kind of really turned the presentation on its head. So I had to very quickly really think through, okay, how do I turn this around? I have to have the presentation delivered to to, to, to the venue in like three or four hours. And get I'm about to get on a plane and I need to be in control of like the delivery of it. So I was lucky enough to actually you know have you there to kind of talk you know and talk talk you through the some of those things that mattered to me in that time and 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 just kind of the preparation of it and then working with my um, kind of my team on on retaking that content in like it was very high pressure getting that together and then, and then sending that off and then flying to Amsterdam and then that whole evening prepping, practicing that content. Um, and and um, you know, that, that created created nerves for me. But then the following day I'm on stage and it and it went incredibly well. So um, I think that kind of pressure moment really in the end probably enabled me to deliver an even better presentation the following day, even though it wasn't idea that massive change in in direction um and and being able to turn that around so quickly uh, um was pretty amazing actually yeah
0: isn't that interesting that's such a fantastic example of for me anyway pressure enabling you to be better you know it felt deeply uncomfortable and I remember just by chance we just happened to have a session and we hit that moment um but I think you now you're looking back on it i mean i can tell from the way that you're talking that it's, it gave you a route of reassurance around what you're capable of actually
1: exactly exactly and i think that's it's, a, it's an important point it's like that sometimes you think that you that this is just unachievable i can't do it but then then you just step into it and that actually that, that raises performance significantly yes just step into it
0: Whilst these moments of unexpected or added pressure on a situation that already feels high stakes can feel unachievable, just stepping into it, as Sigur puts it, is a choice. And as she observes, can actually surprise us and raise our performance. It's a choice to step in. And whilst it's not always easy to do that, the more we practice that choice, the better it is. The more opportunity we have to learn about ourselves, the agency we have and what's possible. I recently came across the natural principle of stress wood in trees. Wild trees develop what the scientists call stress wood, which, put simply, is a tree's reaction to wind. Wind causes the branches to sway and move, which, of course, places stress on the load-bearing parts of the tree. To compensate, trees instinctively develop an extra layer, stress wood, making the tree stronger to survive in the wild winds. God, nature's so clever. Without the wind, Trees don't develop this stress wood and as a result can collapse under their own weight. Some stress on the tree is necessary to keep it healthy and growing. The same is true of human's relationship with pressure. If we can reframe unexpected pressures as opportunities to grow our stress wood, it will ultimately free us to flex more with ease under the strain, make us even better as a result. How different that would feel. How has your personal life upped the ante for you? In terms of remaining strong, because you know you had a very, you're in a different job now, and we can talk yes. about, talk about that in a minute. But um, can you just tell us about the journey of when you were in a very senior position? S- your personal life became incredibly challenging for you, and what you did,
1: Sigur. Yeah, yeah. This is very recent, but I'm also going to take a to tell you another story of what happened um, kind of earlier in my career that's been like also an anchor point for me, but. This this last last year, so 2022, was an incredibly challenging year for my my husband and I. Um, we have two children, Alexander and Diana, and our son Alexander was was suffering quite significantly from mental health issues, which led him to um, go missing for days, um, and it was um, you know it went on for. Um, Two or three months um, at that time i was the chief customer officer at tesco bank a really senior position within the bank we we're going through a massive transformation of the business i was really enjoying that role but i felt in that moment quite kind of i guess helpless to a degree It's like i cannot focus on my my job effectively while this is going on in my personal life so i decided In the end, uh, and my husband and I took the decision together. It would be good for me just to step away, and for us to really be able to focus on our son's well-being, for uh, and actually our daughter's well-being as well. Who you know, she's a year year younger, and it it takes toll on and took took toll on her as well. So I stepped away from my role for um, over six months just to focus on him. And, And glad to say that what we did in the end is we took him back to Iceland where he is now. And he is um, back at school. My husband's spending kind of significant amount of time with him there while I'm here in London with our daughter. So it's not been without sacrifices, figuring out what that, what, what are the conditions for success for us as a family? But that, that's essentially kind of what I've done and, and worked through that. And that builds resilience. That builds the belief that, you know, you're stronger than you think. Mm-hmm. And I and I guess another story tied to kind of more personal um, uh, kind of growth was um, and resilience was in my twenties. Um, I started having seizures. Mm. I was I was in a, a quite a senior position actually as a as a head of marketing for one of the publishing houses in Iceland at the time, and I started having seizures and. Um, it transpired that I had some sort of a malfunction, I don't even know the English, the English, English word for it, in my brain, which needed um, an operation, it, otherwise it could have, it could cause hemorrhage. And so I went um, on a number of, um actually had to go to Sweden for that to be fixed, because Iceland didn't have the technology at the time, so I went on a number of um, trips to Sweden. And I remember um, very clearly, this is like in my, I'm in my mid to late 20s, sitting kind of in, in a hospital bed, bed in um, Gothenburg in Sweden with my husband. Um, actually, was my boyfriend at the time, Was my husband now, just mm-hmm. writing down like, what do we want, want out of this life? Like, and it just it was such a pivotal moment in thinking kind of what matters. To me and, and 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 we both kind of you know we wanted to kind of go out go and study abroad we wanted to live in different countries we wanted to have children and that's kind of and it's interesting i still have this piece of paper and it you know not that i've been kind of every year thinking okay i need to tick things off but it just helped kind of create that um you know when you're, when you're in this situation with your health or with your family that kind of that focuses your mind um very clearly what matters
0: Gosh, yes, I'm sure. God and, and the fact that you've still got that piece of paper yeah. is amazing. It must be so powerful to have that piece of
1: paper. Exactly, exactly. And I think that give, has given me kind of resilience in a in a way that you kind of, you know, you you know, things happen and but kind of in your in your career, but it's not a life and death situation, right? No. And,
0: and I love that idea that this, this sense of perspective. So you, you, you shared two very significant moments in your life, one very personal on your health and then very, another very personal with your actual family and, and what's happening with your son. But what you're saying, which I think is really interesting, Sigurd, is that when we've got these moments where, where resilience really has been stretched when you know perspective uh, it gives you perspective, actually, yeah um in yeah. terms of anything that you might be dealing with on a day to-day basis or a weekly basis. can you explain how you tap into that? I'm really intrigued and in these conversations becoming increasingly so in terms of how do you tap into this sort of sort of it, it to me, it's a purpose energy. it's something that's actually given you a sense of wideness in perspective that allows you to be better in that moment can you sort of explain and I know it's hard but how do you do that so in your job now you know if you come across a crunchy moment or a moment that's slightly sort of I don't know a bit of pressure how do you expand your perspective Siga using these examples what
1: do you do? (laughs) Yeah, I think, like, first of all, like, I'm so lucky and I was very, very careful in terms of where I went next. So I've just joined a company called Experian, which is just a wonderful organization, very, very strong on on purpose. Um, And um, so I think that kind of that's number one, really, really kind of being in an an organization where you feel you can succeed. Um, Mm. High on culture, high on high on culture and high on performance. And I think, um, you know, a feeling that you can bring your whole self to work is really important to me. And Mm then I am, you know, and you know me well enough, like I I, I thrive on kind of um, uh, delivering and transformation and putting the customer at the center of everything that we do. Um, And I've got a a wonderful um, role now leading the consumer business for experience here in the UK. And I think the way you tap into that kind of personal purpose is, is essentially A, being vulnerable with my team in terms of really clear about what matters to me, but also tapping into that broader purpose of business and what are we here to do ultimately and how is that helping consumers at the end of the day, which really matters to, to me. So it's connecting essentially what matters to me to what matters to the organisation and that's and setting that bar because... Everyone wants to achieve, everyone wants to deliver, everyone wants to feel good about kind of being able to deliver at pace. Um, And it's setting that kind of clear vision and mission and then breaking that down into kind of what does it take take to succeed, but then celebrating success, celebrating those kind of little milestones and really Mm. making that happen. Yes.
0: I'm curious about the word vulnerability and what it means to all of us in different situations. And I remember you I remember you actually writing a LinkedIn post explaining the situation that was going on with your family, particularly with your son, Sigurd, and why you were stepping away from Tesco, and the extraordinary response you got to that showing of what was going on in your life. And I... I'm very intrigued with you specifically, actually, because I think there's something about the balance that you have that I've witnessed about this sort of vulnerability and what you're talking about in terms of high performance delivery and this sort of heady mixture of those two things. Has there been a moment where you have tested that and it's gone, I mean, what's the balance for you? And how do you test how vulnerability sits within an organization alongside performance and push, you know, not pushing, but well, yes, potentially pushing others to be yeah. able to be yeah. their best. Yeah.
1: It's certainly been a journey for me as well. And I think kind of when you first step into the corporate world, you feel very much there's, there's the corporate world and there's the corporate personality and then there is the kind of, you know, how I am at, at home with my family and my friends. Yeah. But I think I'm naturally quite an open personality and kind of a big personality. So I think I've been testing into that kind of along the way because I've had these, as I said, live events that were three good certain things. And, and, um, and what I felt throughout is when you share a bit more of you, it just um, gives people permission to do the same. Particularly once you're a senior leader in an organization, um, you, know, be, you know. And to your point, when I put out that, I was amazed, mm. absolutely amazed by the response, both personal responses that I got, but also through LinkedIn, because people are people at the end of the day, Sarah. Mm. And people are like you know feeling different things or experiencing different things. And the more you allow people to bring that whole that that whole self in, into work, it allows you to understand better what people are going through and then adapt. and that that also gives uh, builds trust and allows you to 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 also kind of step into um, high performance in a in a trusted way, if you like. So I think it yeah. is um. It's definitely like you know, it's a it's a balance, but I feel I just feel the corporate world is changing significantly in this regard, and I think we as leaders need to lead by example. I think COVID has had a lot. You know, we, we all of us sudden had you know our whole family in the you know in the meeting mm. in, in the meetings and stuff, and you know I think people remember that one video that I think the BBC presented when the child went yes. into that that um, kind of kind of meeting and it was like panic that like today <laughs> that's, that's normal things that happen so I think I think there's been a massive shift and change and and mental health I mean particularly like you know the, the stuff that we've been going through with, with in our family is just such a big topic that we need mm-hmm. to be um you know willing to share and talk about because it is it's a really important um part of part of um, us as human beings yeah
0: and now you've been how long into this new job?
1: I'm just three months in.
0: Three months. Yeah. What would you say have you taken in your fundamental toolkit for being better under pressure in this whole journey that you've gone through, Sigur, from, you know, your 20s all the way through up to where you are now um, with your family split between Iceland and, and London? What would you say are your, like, go-to absolute sort of practices in your toolkit to enable you to be better under pressure so that you have this experience in your new job
1: I think um just a being in control feeling being in control and that comes to, I, I come back to preparation and really um understanding you know whether that is um for me now it's really understanding the planning and where we need where I need to show up at my best um, So just really on
0: that point a- yeah just on that point sorry to interrupt you but preparation like a lot of people talk about preparation and a lot of people on this podcast have talked about the importance of preparation and you have linked it to control which I think is really interesting how do you make sure that you get that condition for success so that you can prepare what what what's your do you have a formula do you have a way of actually making sure that you you protect that ingredient for you
1: so I think it is uh, yes first of all it's being properly selfish around where I need to be kind of what are the things what are what are the critical impact opportunities that we have as a business coming up and mm. what are the, what are the things where where I need to really be you know in my kind of it's kind of like going into um you know you know sports event or like being, being performing basically being really well 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 rested um that feeling in control of the the topic or subject, and that is very much working with my team because I'm still learning. I'm not, you know, there's a lot for me still to learn. So it's just kind of tapping into um, kind of my team and understanding what really what really matters and how we're going to do this together. Um, and then just kind of more from a mental perspective, just being, as I say, well rested um, in it, kind of in in the right frame of mind ahead of, ahead of those sessions yeah. or meetings. Yeah.
0: I want to pause here to capture a couple of things that Sigur mentioned that help her through moments of pressure. Be crystal clear about where you add the value and when you need to be your best. We can't be 100% at our best all the time. And the practice of identifying those particular moments that matter, whether it's over the course of a day or a week or a month, where we want to be 100%, critical opportunities where our impact needs to count and we can add the greatest value, can really help us manage our energy and allows us to turn up at our best when it matters most. Also, as Sigur says, reduce pressure on yourself by tapping into your team, their knowledge and their strengths, Sometimes we put far too much pressure on ourselves to know everything, but looking outwards to our team not only relieves the pressure on us, but also allows those team members to identify where they add the most value to. Well, I know I'm guilty of the urge to try and control everything, particularly when I feel under pressure, which drives my team to distraction. And when I notice myself getting involved in too many things, these two questions I've learned over time really help me. One, what or who Sarah needs you to be at your best this week? Secondly, when Sarah is good enough, actually good enough. And having been three months into your team, you mentioned just then understanding what matters to them. What have you? Yes. What have you done to make that fast track into understanding your team? Um, I think
1: that comes just down to um, you know a having kind of one on one conversations with with them individually but also bringing you know I'm working very closely with them now and bringing together kind of our strategy and 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 basically spending time together we've, we've had a couple you know kind of full day sessions where we've gone through kind of both the history of kind of where where why did we where where are we are today but then also crafting together the vision for the future and um and, and listening, it's a lot about listening. I don't have all the answers. They, they, they're incredibly capable, smart people. It's about them listening and tapping into that, that kind of joint learning um, that they've been on together as well.
0: Yeah. What's been the worst pressure that you have ever faced, Sigur? Oh,
1: wow. That's a, that's a tough tough and it's not tough i mean the worst pressure was the pressure that we had um last year with my son it's like you can't you cannot um imagine the pain the anxiety the anguish Mm. and you don't know where your son is for days i can imagine so that's that's for, for me and for us as a family um was very very difficult um but i'm very proud of my husband and i and the way that we've been able to tackle that um and and that was literally you know almost you have to break it down into like how am I get how am I going to get through this morning how am I going to get through this what are the things that we can do in this horrible moment that kind of alleviates a bit of that that pressure but you got this complete anxiety going through your your body at the time it's just it's just um awful but also shielding our family and nice a little bit from it so that kind of when do we tell them what and like it's it just um, um because you kind of have all the communication challenges. Trying to get hold of the police. You're trying to get hold of mm. um, social services, and and it was just that, yeah, very very difficult um, point in our life.
0: I can imagine. Well, I can't imagine actually. It, it must be, oh, and also the support that you got from Tesco is
1: yes, yes, really yes.
0: brilliant. Actually, yeah, I remember.
1: Yeah, 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 they they were excellent. They they to you know, immediately just go off. Take, take a month off and then during that month to say that, like, look, this, I, I need more time off. And they were absolutely brilliant throughout. And and I have to say, I, I we are very lucky, my husband and I, we've got, we got an amazing extended family that's kind of behind. And so when you know you have that backland, this just so much more um, to rely on. The difficulty is they're all in Iceland, we, we were here. So that the fact that we've ended up taking him back home for a little bit is, I think, um, Ludwig has that support over there with, with the extended family that have been absolutely amazing. Yeah. Fabulous. Siga,
0: here's the question that I ask all guests. If you could have two things, if there was someone listening to this podcast who wanted to be under better under pressure and you had two pay-forwards, what would they be?
1: Look, I think for me, there's something about... Just don't take yourself too seriously. Like (laughs) there's something around, it's going to be okay, right? You know, if I I were to be able to talk to my younger self, it's just like, don't sweat, don't sweat it too much. And I felt I probably stressed out too much in the kind of early days of my career over things that really don't matter at the end of the day. You're going to be okay. Just push ahead, have conviction, Mm -hmm. um, be brave, step into it. Great. And, and, then care, and then the second thing is take care of yourself. Yeah. Really be selfish around making sure that you understand what are your conditions for success. How do you um, ensure that you can be at your best, whether that is, you know, get the right amount of sleep, exercise, go for a walk, do mm. a yoga class, whatever it is mm. that kind of gives you that peace of mind and, and, um, The ability to feel, I guess, in control.
0: Yeah. I really love that, Sigur. I think, you know, as you know, it matters a lot to me and the people that I work with. But it's such an easy thing on some level to say, isn't it? You know, you've got to look after your sleep, your hydration. But actually making sure what it is that actually fits for you and really honoring it and giving it that time or that space that it needs is so um, difficult and tricky sometimes with life. Um, but it's knowing the one thing, you know, I, I know for me, it's sleep. Um, it makes such a fundamental difference to me. And sometimes you have to compromise on the amount that you get because of other choices that you're making. But I think your point about just understanding what ingredient really, really matters to give you the fuel and looking after yourself, taking care of yourself, because we cannot be good in pressure if if we haven't got the fuel
1: in us exactly so, exactly yeah yeah and that's, I like it doesn't have to be big things it does you know no. a little bit of time during the day go for a walk just you know just give yourself that kind of uh and I I find my most of my kind of you know I I am a kind of my brain goes a million miles an hour and I like just going for a walk just slows that down a little bit but get gives you that clarity yeah
0: yeah and would it be fair actually in my in my my sense of you Sigur, is that when you are under pressure you go faster
1: yes yes absolutely
0: and um and that you know that i think is the the journey you've also been experimenting with is how do you interrupt your speed to get through things by taking a walk or by you know giving yourself permission and
1: reminding myself just to slow down um, from, from time to time, absolutely. And I, like there is, a, I think it's just inherent in me, like speed is something that just, it's part of who I am. But when I when I feel the pressure, which is a good, like high performance pressure, I, I want to go a million miles an hour. And I also, I think I speed up in the way that I talk. And so it's just working out and, and making sure that I can, again, I, I come back to control, feel, feeling fully in, in, in control. Um and but I'm back to your question, and kind of I know you asked Tony for two things. I think laughter and just yeah. being able to just um you know don't you know don't take yourself too seriously, but also just sense of humor and laughter is is so important and being able to bring that to the workplace and into into stressful situations is I think that is um is is important as well. yeah
0: Siga, thank you so much. This has been so insightful and it's so lovely to have you on. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you
1: so much, Sarah. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Better Under Pressure with me, Sarah Milne-Rowe. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and let us know what you found useful or what you'd like to know more about. Our aim is to share as many examples as possible of what people do to manage pressure for better. If you're interested in any of the practices mentioned, check out my book, The Shed Method. Alternatively, you can find us at Coaching Impact or me on LinkedIn and Instagram. Better Under Pressure was produced by the fab team at Smart Cookie Media. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, goodbye.